BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast. Happy Thursday. Happy Taylor Swift Day. Happy, happy. Happy turtleneck day. Claude yes. and I are both wearing turtlenecks. It's inside the Toaster's studio. I just, oh, yes. Also, yesterday we were both wearing um, blazers. Yes, blazers. I feel as though we're both so simpatico. I just have to say. Erotico, hypnotico. I wear a turtleneck, specifically this one, like almost every day. So you're kind of like. Just catching up. That would be like, like if I wore, you know, culottes. Like I would never. Hurtful. No, no, that's like your Hurt. thing. No. And by the way, I will have you know that when I had to clean out my closets for the move, I do believe the culottes did not make the cut. <gasps> oh my God, they original not toasters, make the original toasters will remember the culottes, what I like to call gaucho pants, um, that really kind of shaped the toast in its early stages. Mostly because I wore them on the first day of the morning toast. And you wore them a lot like those first two months. Yeah, you know, those were hard first two months and sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you just can't help but put on your culottes. And I feel like for other people, it's like, oh, I'm having a hard time. Let me turn to my sweatpants. And or for like me, listen to music. No, no, no. But like in terms of fashion choices, yes. you know, like your your choices reflect the way that you're feeling. Yes. For me, like I... Turn to the culottes. I turn to the culottes. The culottes were my sweatpants of the day. <laughs> and I'm not proud of it. Like, Why? I think it's great. <laughs> At least it shows like you're interesting. Like I've literally never worn a pair of pants that, pants that wasn't like black leggings or black jeans. And like you're out here just like taking risks. Did they? Did it work? No. But you are so sure of yourself that you just like took risks and put on a pair of pants very few people would ever put on. And I think that makes you interesting and fabulous. Wow, that is such a nice compliment. Thank you. No, it's I'll true. I'll take it. I'll take it. Like, literally, people maybe have not noticed, I've literally worn these leggings every single day this week and last week. We love to see it. I we always, do. I'm always wearing these leggings, too. And I just, I thought, I don't know, I was going for, like, a mule day, but my, the color of my ankles are scary, like, pink and purple. Yeah, my skin, because I didn't get that, like, you know, I usually get su sun once a year, and now I didn't get my yearly sun. I'm turning green. Yeah, it's time for some self like fake tanner. Yeah, I it isn't easy reached, being green. Yeah, I reached this point last year. It ain't easy being green. Mm -hmm. Speaking of the green, <gasps> oh, well, that's Kermit the Frog. But sure, speaking of green, no, speaking of being green and not having an easy go of it. No, the speaking Grinch. of speaking of fictional green characters, <laughs> um, yes, I actually I'm so glad you brought that up because I really did not want to bring my recap of the very small portion of The Grinch that I watched. I didn't want to drag it into the TV recap segment because that's like a sacred place. I just wanted to get it out right now. Um, and really just shame on NBC, seriously. Like, first of all, I put it on an hour late because like, I don't, I didn't care. And it was a scene without Matthew Morrison and you'd think like it would be, you know, better. It was just like, 
besides Matthew Morrison, like, it was horrible. Like, explain to me. You know how, like, the Who's all have, like, noses that are, like... Turned up. Turned up, yeah. Yeah, they turned the fuck up. So they not only gave all the Who's turned up noses, they also gave all the Who's, like, big fat asses. <laughs> like, they had, like, curves. It was it was crazy. Like, literally everyone had, like, a hu- huge hips, and it was, like, everyone was shaped like pear. Which was, like, such an odd choice because, like, Matthew Morrison's, like, running around the stage with, like, a big, juicy ass. (laughs) And it was, like, so disarming. The Grinch did have a big, juicy ass. But it was, this was, like, so overt. Like, like, (laughs) it was just so bizarre. He literally looked like someone, like, like like a baby with, like, a big diaper, you know? Like, it was so weird. And then, so it was just, like, really poorly done. I'm sorry, I have to say. And then Matthew Morrison came down the chimney and, like, my life was ruined. He was being so extra like you and like first of all he was completely disguised but his voice he really didn't do a good job of like nailing the Grinch voice so it was like it was Mr. Shoe like his voice just sends a chill down my spine and it's so distinct that it, it was I mean I don't know what the team at NBC is thinking right now but it was a big fat failure and I was reading tweets all night and it was so funny like I just love when we can all come together to like make fun of something you know that's so funny I caught bits and pieces really not a lot I did see Matthew Morrison and I just feel like there were so many people there are so many people who would have been amazing at it. and even just thinking that like I didn't come prepared with a list of people but like Hugh Jackman wow yeah would have crushed it Zac Efron yeah but it's like a weird role you have to, like that's why Jim Carrey made the Grinch so iconic is like you have to be like you can't be like so Hollywood like you have to just like be a freak like yeah and Matthew Morrison tried so hard to be that but he just is so cringy he's just a freak <laughs> yeah honestly I don't even know if Hugh Jackman would have been good at it the, the reason why the Grinch is in my opinion like irrep irrep irreplaceable is because Jim Carrey like no yeah. one can do it like him so also like why not Jim Carrey yeah he's around yeah you know? he doesn't sing I don't think anyone can sing if you try hard enough there's always gonna be another <laughs> mountain. So I just wanted to get that out. Um, my TV recap with Salt Lake City and OC. Jackie and I both watched OC, even though we promised that we wouldn't. Um, we'll do that in the TV recap. I just wanted to get it out there. Like, I'm sorry to everyone who was traumatized um, by that performance last night. And honestly, it's been such a hard year. I find it really, I don't know, I find it shocking that Cruel. that the executives over at NBC would, like, intentionally want to hurt us. Yeah. Yeah. It's not nice. It ain't right. It ain't right. Well, at least it's behind us, you know? Like, I feel like there was so much, all of this, like, momentum leading up to this, and now it's behind us, and we can all, like, look ahead to 2021. Yeah, and we're looking ahead to tomorrow, which Taylor Swift announced this morning. She has a new album. We will go into all of that. That's why I'm wearing my cardigan today. Standing in my cardigan. Remember what I said about anyone singing? (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, we're going to be talking about that forevermore. And also, oh, last night I had just a sublime evening, if I may. Please. Um, I hosted oh, yeah. Kayler's parents. That's yeah. Olivia and Zach Shapiro at yeah. my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kayler was there I remember. too. I remember not being invited. Yeah. Yeah, no, you were not invited. It was I'm really just trying to spend QT with individual um family members these days. That's just like something that I'm feeling. Okay. Also, I wanna have you like won't come over. So and I came to you on Monday night. I I have never been invited. That's not true. You invited me on Monday night after we had a plan to get together at my house, to which you invited yourself over. Like, you made the plans and then tried to flip a switch. 
You tried to be the princess that. switch. I don't remember that one. Princess, I remember. That's the ex- rest, I don't. <laughs> That's exactly how it happened, okay? The rest, I don't. That's but exactly anyways, what happened. So I, every time I go over to Olivia's, like, I'm just so hungry, and she makes such good food. So she I does. wanted to pro- provide that experience for her. Mm-hmm. And I cooked up a feasty vibe, and I used, like, all of my fancy dishes, and it was so fabulous and sensational. You'll have to come over sometime. I think you would have really liked the cuisine, chicken and pasta. Yum, my two favorite food groups. <laughs> yeah. Yum. Well, thanks for not inviting me. I, I really like, I appreciate it, you know? You know, you'll definitely be not invited again. No, and that means so much to me. And just, it's good to know where we stand. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, and tonight's the first night of Hanukkah. Oh, yes. So if you're celebrating Hanukkah toaster, make sure to light those candles and publicize the nace. It is so important, more than ever, it always feels like, to publicize the nace and be proud to be Jewish. Dreidel, 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 I made you out of clay. And when it's dr- we really need to redo that song because like there's so many good Christmas like carols. cabaret style. And that's our one song and it's just like so sophomoric. It's like, it's the same tune as like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Yeah, no. It's the same no. tune as like something. It's a familiar tune. Yeah, and it just goes round and round. We need to like honestly like have someone work on it, like a like a Jewish musician. Honestly, like, no, I was going to say Haim, but they're not my style. Who's like a really um, popular Jewish I heard somewhere Sean Mendez is like half Jewish. Yeah, but same with Harry Styles. Oh, Harry Styles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be good. Like, just give us like a revamp. I'm so over this one tune. And it's like the only one that's like become even remotely mainstream. And it's just like, I, I don't feel like it represents us as a culture and like how cool we are. You I know? actually love this song. And I feel like I'm always singing it because whenever I ring up Snatchler, I'm like, Snatchler, Snatchler, Snatchler. Yeah. I made you out of Snatch. And when your Snatch is... Eddie. <laughs> oh, Snatchler, I, I shall play. play. Maybe we could be the ones to jazz Maybe. it up. Oh, I'm going to get my guitar also, for, for a good jam session. By the way, I kept saying publicize the nace. And for those who don't know me, it's publicize the miracle. Ness is miracle. And the miracle of, you know, the candles lasting. So you put your... The oil min- lasting. Yeah. So you put your <laughs> menorah in the window to publicize the miracle of Hanukkah. Just yeah. a little fun fact. And I live in a bunker with no windows. So it's hard for me to publicize the nace. Oh my God. Now that I have so many windows, I literally am going to put a, a menorah in each one. Just yeah. publicis- publicity. I'm, I'm happy I'm, for you. I'm the PR person for Hanukkah. I'm happy for you in all your windows you should come over actually in my journey to like maybe moving um I looked at an apartment yesterday that um I really like the building because I actually like have a bunch of friends who live in the building which sounds so fun to me um and you know when like you want something to like just work so badly yeah the apartment was just not it except it had like the biggest kitchen I'd ever seen in a New York City apartment it had like a a formal dining room and then like a place in the kitchen to like put a table which is breakfast which is insane like that's just not a thing um and I just I wanted it to be the right apartment it just like would have been so easy if the first one I but it wasn't I'm sorry it was really upsetting I got my hopes like way high up I just want you to know like I've gotten the the boys's hopes up and the boys being the pups and our husbands and I feel like the toasters now too that like we live in the same building soon I tried yeah, you're, we're going to have to try again. What do you want me to do? Build a new unit? No, just like be patient for something to come on the market. See, that's... I'm so glad you brought that up. The one thing I don't have right now, ever. or ever, is patience. It's like, it's probably one of my worst qualities about like how impatient I am. Yeah. And it, it impacts every facet of my life. Like work, personal, like I just am so motherfucking impatient. Like I can't wait for anything. Okay, Fine. I'll tell them to speed it up. Maybe if you could just like be a terrible neighbor and encourage some of your other people in the building to move out. I know. Only people though in a two bedroom. 
Okay, fine. I'm gonna work on it. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna make this happen for you. I found a great apartment in Olivia's building. No but. pets. <gasps> just like that is just so Cover unbelievably ears, disgusting. Theo. That oh my God. I would never even, even I would never even want to support a building like that. He shouldn't even hear those words. No, I know. Oh my D- God. Vile, vile behavior. So sick. Okay, well, we need to get into things because we have a jam-packed fast five stories today. Like that even one had to get cut. Wow. You know it's crazy. Was it one of the ones I sent? No. Okay, good. But without further ado, it is time for the fast five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. And today's episode is brought to you by Palmer's. The number one cocoa butter brand introduces their new hemp oil collection. Palmer's new hemp oil calming relief body lotion and body oil calms, soothes, and hydrates even your driest skin. With a special blend of 100% natural hemp seed oil and skin nourishing cocoa butter for highly effective skin healing. It's ideal for sensitive and eczema prone skin, providing dry skin relief with its powerful moisturizers. Their hemp oil body oil soothes irritation, boosts hydration, and improves skin's texture and radiance. The hemp oil body lotion clinically is proven to help irritation, dryness, and itching. You can double up and layer the lotion on top of the oil for maximum hydration. The Palmer's Hemp Oil Skincare Collection is dermatologist-tested, hypoallergenic, and safe for sensitive skin. You can find these products in-store and online at Walmart, Target, Walgreens, or Amazon for less than $10 each. From Palmer's, the best brand. Palmer's, choose what's real. Love it. Reminds okay. me of Simon um, Van Kimpen's iconic song, I Am Real. That was obviously inspired by the Palmer's Hemp Oil Collection. Yes, and speaking of iconic music... Oh, great transition. Surprise, more new Taylor Swift music is on its way. Uh, Today, just over four months after she released her album Folklore, the Grammy winner announced that another album, her ninth studio album, is on the way. Titled Evermore, the so-called sister album to Folklore drops later tonight at midnight Eastern time. So Taylor posted on her Instagram that Evermore is coming. She said, to put it plainly, we just couldn't stop writing songs. To try and put it more poetically, it feels like we were standing on the edge of the Folklorian woods and had a choice to turn and go back or to travel further into the forest of this music. We chose to wander deeper in. Let me, let me just try and explain how I'm feeling. Please, please. Part, of course, like on the surface, I'm so excited. Like, all I ever want is Taylor Swift music. I feel like so many fandoms get like so much music from their favorite artists. And it's like, I waited like two years after for Reputation and then two years. Like, it's so exciting. I feel like an Ariana Grande fan. Like, we just get so much music. And so on the surface, I'm like so, so excited, especially because like folklore is really like in terms of genre, like one of my favorites, especially given the year that we've had. And... I'm just looking forward to getting another 15 songs similar to Folklore. Also, I looked at the track titles, and a lot of them definitely seem like things I would be interested in. Like, I love a song just named after a woman. So we have Dorothy. What is that about? Who knows? We also have Marjorie. Who knows? We also have a song called The Last Cowboy, which Whoa. I just know is going to be – it's going to be Betty vibes. Like, that's what I'm getting for sure. Oh, wow. We're well, also getting a music video tonight for the song Willow, which yes. I just love the name Willow. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot to be excited about. There is. And I – Personally, just want to say I'm excited about the title of this album because for those of you who are familiar with The Ghost of Sneetch's Past, she haunts the halls of the house we rented in Utah forevermore. And I just love that it's so spooky. It's such a great word and I'm glad that it will be like... It also reminds me of that Josh Groban song from Beauty and the Beast. A stunning song if stunning. you don't know it. So, yes, I'm here for all those things. How else are you feeling? No, I think if I unpack my feelings a little bit more, like I woke up and I was just like feeling very overwhelmed. That's what so, I was thought you were like, might Like I don't say. know what time she posted, 8, and I woke up, like I was on my phone by like 8.45 and I was just getting inundated with like DMs, like wake up, wake up. And it's like, 
I just felt like very anxious and now I'm just feeling overwhelmed because like you like, have work to do this weekend in digesting a whole new album. No, and it's like I wasn't even gonna stay up till midnight tonight, but like now I have to. And it's like my sleep is so important to me these days. And I just I don't know. I think if I really like think about how I feel, I'm feeling very overwhelmed. Like I don't even know if I've had enough time to sit with folklore and I've listened to folklore so much, but like still it's like I'm especially after the new Disney Plus thing, like I'm learning more about other songs and like I'm listening to This Is Me Trying so much more. And that was a song I used to skip. Like I'm just I'm feeling overwhelmed. Like, that's the only word I can use. Like, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. Well, I feel like, I understand why you're overwhelmed, but I feel like because this is a sister album, like, you'll spend the weekend listening to this, you'll be introduced to these songs, and then eventually you'll listen to Folklore and Evermore together. Yeah. Because they should be the same vibe. They're sister she, albums. She also, sisters just like us, and we love sisters, and we're sisters who support other sisters. That's Therefore, true. we have to support that's Folklore true. and Evermore. Very true, very true. Also, there are some collabs on the album. Yes. Bonnie Vare shows up again. Love. They obviously work great together again. Haim shows up again. How are you feeling? I'm not a big Haim fan, but Taylor can make me like anyone. So like whatever. I'm like obviously like the biggest national fan now. And the national is also doing a collab, which is exciting because Aaron Dessner, who was in the folklore for people who like aren't really like insular like in the Taylor Swift world let me explain it to you in the Disney Plus documentary that guy Aaron Dessner who like created a lot of the songs with Taylor and Jack is a part of a band called The National so now I guess he's was working on folklore more as a producer and now he's like a full-on collaborator like him and his band I don't know if other people are in The National but I think there's probably a few guys I'm sure yeah I think well that's like yeah, because he said like that's how they write songs like yeah him and his band because like I just found out that like um Panic at the Disco is just like one guy really yeah there's no band it's just Brendan Urie that's huh. like his stage name. That doesn't sound like what I thought. No, same. It was like shocking when I found out. Stitch told me. Also, I'm pretty sure that Bonnie Vare is a band and Justin's the lead singer. No. I think so. No. I, I was doing some investigative work. Just wait. I'm, gonna, I'm Googling it. because I wasn't even investigating. I just stumbled on it. Oh, that just doesn't sound familiar. It's an American indie folk band founded by Justin Vernon. I'm just going to choose to... It's a band. They said it was the a band. The thing is, it's like and that. And it's categorized as a band. That very well may be true. Right. I just will not continue on. Like, I don't want to change that what I already think. It doesn't yeah. work for me. Bon Iver is a guy, and it's like, I'll know that that's wrong, but I'm just like really not interested in like resetting how I see Bon Iver. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I understand. It's too much for one day. It's so much. Like, I'm so overwhelmed. Like, I'm just, that's, just don't even say it. Like, I'm, that's too much for me. Okay, okay. So that was like when I found out that like the lead singer of Rascal Flatts' name was not Rascal. It was Gary. Like, that was a huge shakeup. Yeah, and you're just finishing processing that. I'm still not over it. <laughs> what's the point in naming your band? That's what's confusing. Boney Vare. Like, that does sound like a name, kind of. Kind of. But like Rascal Flatts, that's like literally naming your band Claudia Ashray. Like, <laughs> no, well, that makes no fucking sense. That's not a whole name. Rascal Flatts? That's not someone's like real name. Why not? It could be, but it's not like, oh, that's, an, that's not like John Smith. No, that, it's literally John Smith. Rascal what? is such a common name. Flats is a last Rascal. name. Rascal's not a name. It's not a common name. Wait. <laughs> what? Wait. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait. I can't even get into your mindset that Rascal could be someone's name. What? Like, it could be, like, Tree could be someone's name. Wait, like, Rascal's, like, a name? Like, <laughs> rapper? No, it's no. <laughs> Wait. Like, Rascal is, like, little <laughs> Rascals. You're right. Like, oh, my God, wait. It's a, mi- 
mischievous or cheeky person, especially a child or a man. No, so way. like, no one's gonna name their kid rascal. You're so right. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah, that I'm saying the word so much. I see how you thought it was a name. No, like, I can't even explain what I'm feeling right now. Like, I'm so upset. Like, oh my god. This whole time. I don't know. I saw the word rascal with a capital R, and I'm like, oh, it's like a name, like Robert, like Robert Flats. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I sound so stupid. And you have said this like so many times. I've never yeah, really dug I'm, deeper. No, well, I you should have. Like, yeah. <laughs> you should have. I'm so confused. Like rascal's a name. Rascal's just a word. Like I guess, yeah, yeah, and it's I like, not, it was like a common it's name. Not like the most Little rascals, I guess that's a, not a, a bunch of kids who are being mischievous. Oh God, oh my God, I'm just learning so much today. That's like really shaking up my and, psyche. And I'm so, like, like now, are you feeling overwhelmed? I'm feeling so uneasy. Like <laughs> everything you thought is just <laughs> I'm so upset. Like everything you thought you knew is being brought yeah. into question. No, it's like the way that I saw the world is completely different now than it was. 10 minutes ago. Yeah, sometimes that can happen. That happened to me with Dachshund. Like, I'm telling you. That was crazy. Did you see there was a Dachshund in Salt Lake City last night? In one of the B-rolls, there was a Dachshund running oh, across no. the way. I don't watch B-roll. Like, I'm always scrolling on my phone. Oh, that's funny. Oh, my God. I'm shook up by that. We're just going to give you a minute to process that. No, I'm okay. Like, you know what? Rascal is a similar word, too, I feel like. What? Snitch. It's also, like, scoundrel. So I guess if there was a band called Snitches Ain't, like I would think that that was a real. That's person. a full name. That's a person to me. First name Snitches, last name Ain't. I know her. Yeah, of course. Oh my god. Okay. So Evermore comes out tonight. Everyone stream it. And um, I'm actually curious, just like from the business side of things, like um, will she be able to sell over a million copies, which is like her thing. Most of her albums have, um, but because she releases an album once every two years, like will she be able to do that twice in a year? Yes, that would be crazy. Yes, because. Folklore was so successful. Folklore was so successful. People are saying this is folklore part two. Okay, everyone who subscribed to part one <clears throat> is going to be interested in part two. Yeah. And if the music is good, the music speaks, it speaks for, itself. for itself. You're right. You, know, you can't get people to like buy. Like, it's so crazy how that happens. Like, I, actually, on the one hand, I feel like sometimes people put out bad music and like it becomes popular. Yeah. But like sometimes you put out a bad album and like the people respond art pop. You know? Well, that was like, we've been sitting on that for no, a while. No, but like, you know what I mean? You can't just like put out an album and expect it to like soar unless it's really really good yeah but then even still people put out really really good albums that just flop which is so crazy to I me. agree with that but that's because we live in a generation like of lotus. people who have no taste lotus christina aguilera justice for it i feel like in a lot of ways joanne wasn't successful but it was stunning but it was Stellar. stunning beautiful stunning and smart i just, there's just like a few of those that like honestly i think one of the greatest albums of all time is native by one republic and like nobody's ever heard of it yeah, but they know the, the songs from the commercials on ABC. Yes. I got my mind made up and I can't let go. I'm, I'm feeling, feeling so uneasy. Like You know what? Like I was already feeling uneasy when we started the show because I'm having like such cramps. I've tried to hide it from you guys, but I couldn't. <laughs> I'm the American cramper. <laughs> but all of the laughter, it's like... It's shaking up my cramps. Jackie, it's, not, it's truly what they say. Laughter is the best medicine. It's not like my cramps have gone away, but now they're like a little disoriented. They're like, what's this other pain in the belly? No, I think that cramps like feed off of your depression. So like, honestly, your endorphins are now like kicking in. Yeah, and they're just combating cramps. Bo, bo, bo. Right next to my Midol. Midol? Midol. Midol. Oh my God, remember in the beginning of quarantine when I thought that you couldn't take Midol because of the acetaminophen? 
and um you weren't taking it i didn't take it for my first quarantine period and then i realized like i got my things mixed up that's crazy i don't take my doll my doll is everything you need to give it you need to be patient with it 30 40 minutes solves all your problems really solves all of your i'm just like an advil queen but no, i need no, no, to stop taking I, advil for like everything in my life and also you're not supposed to take advil when you're on it's your a blood thinner because it will it's a blood thinner so it affects your flow flow i cannot be by the flow and a wide set vagina and flow is also another prestigious end yes yeah and you know she gets a bad rap and maybe that's why she's she comes hard for me because she's like you're too good of an aunt like i'm the number one aunt no, that's not what group. she does she's trying to toughen you up because being an auntie is a lot of work <laughs> It's true. It's true. Okay, ready for our next story? Yes. Tiffany Haddish turned down hosting the Grammys pre-telecast, and here's why. Tiffany Haddish was asked to host the Grammys pre-telecast premiere ceremony, but the comedy superstar says she turned down the offer when the Recording Academy told her that she had to pay her own way. Yeah, like not get a salary. And not then also- only did they ask her to host the three-hour live stream event without any compensation, but she tells Variety that they wouldn't cover hair, makeup, or wardrobe for the three-hour event. Three she- hours? Oh, my God. That sounds like torture. She said, all that, would have co- all that would have had to come out of my pocket. I don't know if this might mean I might not ever get nominated again, but I think it's disrespectful. I totally agree. Yes. For context, the uh, pre-show is not hosted by, it's not like organized by CBS. It's done by the Academy, which is a not-for-profit organization. So all hosts, presenters, and performers have traditionally performed gratis, including this year. Okay. Does that mean the, the person who hosts... The, the Grammys real show doesn't get paid? I or does CBS so. pay them? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. But like, obviously, presenters, performers don't get paid. And I guess that would translate over to red carpet hosts, even though I feel like they're the hardest working people there. Yeah, I mean, okay, mm. now that... Okay, I guess the Recording Academy, like, technically, yes, is a nonprofit. It doesn't give off, like, nonprofit vibes. No, it doesn't. By any means, it with their big, fancy ver- telecast. It gives off very profitable vibes. It gives off, like, very, like, private equity vibes, okay? Yeah. So, I don't know. I think asking people... To work for free is a big thing in Hollywood, but like it's more so when you're up and coming. So it's like, honestly, Tiffany Haddish would be doing the Grammys a favor by lending her name and likeness to this pre-show telecast that I never even heard of. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, okay, if someone like a digital star or like a rising host got this opportunity, they would do it for free because it's worth their time for the opportunity. Tiffany Haddish doesn't need this. She's one of the biggest comedians in the world. So they should really just be like... It's, it is disrespectful. You know, I understand that they're not going to pay people to do their red carpet, but then you got to... Lower have to your standards. Smaller. Yeah. No, no. I understand you're not going to pay people, so don't ask the biggest comedian in the world. Like, yeah. maybe I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it is disrespectful. And just to, like, offer someone a job for no money, like, seems fucked up. Like... Yeah, especially someone who doesn't need to do this. It's like... They don't need it to... Tiffany Haddish will be just as relevant... Whether and famous, whether or not she hosts this telecast or not. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that that is really interesting though, and I feel like a lot of times there are sort of these question marks. It's either like with these big opportunities, they're either getting paid so much money or they're not getting paid at all. Right, because it's like okay, there's someone hosting the Oscars, like when Kevin Hart was. Whoa! My water bottle just like popped. Like when Kevin Hart was supposed to host it, like in a lot of ways, he's always said that was like his biggest dream. He would do it for free, but it's also like the biggest job in the world. So, yeah. like, who has more money than the Oscars? Yeah. So, I don't know. I always think that, too. Like, when you go on like Jimmy Fallon Super, like or Like the Super Ellen. Bowl, for example. It's so much work, but it is, and, like, you're giving the performance of a lifetime. So, on the one hand, you should be paid millions of dollars. But on the other hand, it's a stage like no other. You're going to hit the top of the iTunes charts. So, they don't get paid. The, are you sure? Yes. 
But it's sponsored by Pepsi, so I would feel like Pepsi would pay people to use their name and likeness in association with Pepsi brand. I The Super Bowl performers do not get paid like last time I thought about this, but let me just double check. I feel like that's actually one they would get paid for only because it's sponsored. Herbal performers paid. I, I feel like... I feel like they do. They're not paid to perform according to CNBC. Okay. Yeah, I just have things like, do people get paid to go on Ellen or Jimmy Fallon? I, I don't know. think so. Right. I don't, I don't, I think in general, like, getting paid to do press is not done. A thing. I yeah. agree. Or like, do you get paid to be on the cover of a magazine? Yes. So that's where it gets confusing. But that's because like you it's sell like, your story. Right. And like, you have day rates for like the photo shoot. Yeah, it's confusing. Yeah. The line know. is super blurry. We need like a true A-lister to come on the show and just like spill like, what do you get paid for? What don't you get paid for? Like, what do you pay for yourself? What could you get paid for? If yeah. You and it's to? like, okay, if you have a music label and like, like, do they pay for your like suburbans? Like, I just have questions. Yeah. You know? Suburbans. Where do people, they all come from? People are always rolling around in suburbans and I'm just curious who's footing the bill. And is it Uber XL? Right. That's a great question. Because when I'm in a suburban, it's always Uber XL. I also feel like... um. <laughs> It, a lot of times these days it is Uber XL. Like it yes. used to not be. It used to it be used like suburban.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now it's Uber XL. Yeah, I agree. I'm just, I'm, I find celebrity culture to be so interesting, but I really find like the logistics to be even more interesting. Like how do you get from place to place? Like when celebrities hang out, do you guys text each other or do the managers text each other? I think yeah. it's a combination, but I'm just curious. No, and Chrissy Teigen does a really good job of, of letting people into the logistics of being a celebrity. Yeah, she, remember when she used to do those Q&As? So she needs to do another one. Yeah. Okay, this next story. Anyway, so bottom line, like if you want Tiffany Haddish to do your red carpet, like you, you got to pay, pay her. because and, and if you don't have a budget, that's totally understandable as a nonprofit. But reach dream... out to some hosts who could use the exposure. Yeah, dream smaller. <laughs> yeah. Okay, next story is like really amazing news for Jessica Simpson. <gasps> I know. Amazon is prepping Jessica Simpson docuseries and scripted series based on her memoir as part of a multimedia rights deal. So Jessica Simpson is just having a great week. Like okay? she sold... She literally sold the rights to her book, which like every author tries to do, and she sold it to Amazon Studios. Like that is just, what's better? No, there's, and after her book had like the most amazing year. So Amazon is opening the book on Jessica Simpson after striking a broad multimedia rights deal with the pop and reality TV star. The streamer is working on an unscripted docuseries based on Simpson's memoir open book. So does that mean like a reality show? That's what I was confused about because it's like, okay, it's a piece of content based on her life her previous life like in her, that she already wrote about. But, but then it's also unscripted. So a reality show based on what already happened? Yeah. That's not reality. No. I feel like it's a reality show of her now. Just like yes. they're using, buying the book rights to justify it. I don't yeah. know. And then also a scripted. A, a coming of age scripted series inspired by the book, which sounds Her early amazing. 20s, like rising to fame. That sounds so good. So, so good. Yeah. I'm really excited about this. Open Book was truly one of the best books I read all year, except for mine, which I don't know if I've spoken about today. Uh, I'm writing a book. It's very exciting. You wrote it. Oh, shit, Already. yeah. It's, it's, all, it's, it's all in here. The ink is dry. It's called Girl with No Job, The Crazy Beautiful Life of an Instagram Thirst Monster. It is available for pre-order anywhere you can get books, ebooks, audiobooks, and hardcover books. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Audible, all the places. If you go to the link, girlwithnojob.com slash book, you'll get all the links. And I would really appreciate you supporting the book. I'm a first-time author. I'm very excited about it. Jackie has read the book. She actually has a blurb on the back. Theo is also on the back. So it's just truly a family affair. Check it out, girlwithnojob.com slash book. Yes, Jessica Simpson's book was one of the best things I read all year. 
And now it's just going to be like the gift that keeps on giving because we're getting more content from it. Yes, and more content from her. Also, just want to say, Redhead's episode just dropped. I dropped it yesterday because it was like early, but also still six days late. <laughs> um, Invisible Life of Addie LaRue was the book we read this month. We're recapping it. The book was so good. And I think it was one of my favorite episodes that we've done this year. One, because of the great recap. But two, we shared all of our other favorite year books end of the roundup. year. And I don't want to spoil anything, but... Open Book by Jessica Simpson was one of my top three books of the year that I read non-redheads. Did you um, add my book even though it's not published yet? No, because we tried to do like 2020 titles. So it's so hurtful. But your 2021 title, why would you want to be like looped into this year? I don't know. Just like any airtime for my book is genuinely appreciated. We did talk about the fact oh! that you next month Works is going to be super exciting because one, we're doing... A Redheads episode, first Thursday of January, as always. Snitch's choice for the book. I said Snitch's book choice was it. And someone commented, so the book choice is IT, oh. like with the balloon? Right, balloon. right. No, it's Layla by Colleen Hoover, which is a book that I've been seeing everywhere. It's Snitch's favorite author. We haven't read a Colleen Hoover book yet. It's supposed to be like very similar to Verity, which everybody loved. So I'm just really excited about that. But then we also get a bonus episode in January because we are sitting down our first ever author series. We're sitting down Inside with... The Inside the Redhead Studio. I'll wear in, my turtleneck. Inside the Redhead Studio, we're sitting down with first-time author Claudia Ashray, and we are going to get, we're going to be asking her the hard questions about her books. So you're going to want to be there for that. And it's never too late to become a redhead. Also, I feel like this episode that we just did is like the perfect kind of episode that you can listen to, even if you didn't read the book. Mm -hmm. I always give a summary of the book at the beginning of the episode. Oh, that's smart. And usually it's like three minutes. This summary was like 10 minutes, so you'll know the entire book, and then you can follow along with the recap. Yeah, you should start doing that for like popular books that are read in high schools. So like a lot of po high schoolers who don't want to read the books will literally tune into your oh podcast. Yeah, we should do like podcast episodes about, but it's like not just It's like a you got to do the invisible case of the dog in the middle of the night, uh, portrait no, of had, Dorian Gray. Oh yeah, I actually love picture of Dorian Gray, but um, the Odyssey, Iliad. Yeah. But also it's like, we'll give you the recap, but we'll also answer like DBQs as we always right, do. It's like so the pencil that, on the so table have, was a phallic symbol. So that we have like opinions to give you so you yeah. can raise your hand and be in class and be like, like inquisitive. And Hamlet also, was in love with his mother. Yeah. But we'll have like Dana really do all that so you sound really smart. That's actually a great idea for a podcast. Yeah. Just like shit you need to know in high school. No, like impress your professor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, are you ready for our next story that I chose? I don't know if you've seen it and I'm hoping that I'm about to give you some life changing news. Okay. There is an iCarly revival. Oh, of set, course, I've heard of it. Sorry, you see web everything. show hosts keep up with other web show hosts. Set at Paramount Plus with original cast members returning. I can't get too excited about these reboots because one, we announce them and I never see the actual content, and two, and if we do, it's like Saved by the Bell, and they're just like being cringy and writing yeah. bad jokes. And then it's offensive. like the things that I actually want to get. The thing, the reboots that I'm actually excited about: Hillary Duff, Lizzie McGuire, like never get made. So GCB. like. Yeah, I, I just, the whole reboot industry is something that, like, our generation, millennials, like, love, and I just couldn't give less of a shit about. Can I about. tell you what I do love about the reboot industry? Like, I love when, like, it's like, I Carly reboot, and we get to talk about it in the show, and we get so excited, the cast is coming back, and then I never want to pick it up ever again. Ever. You know, I do like the, like, think, just the announcing part of, like, what shows are coming back, but, like, I just know what this is going to be. It's going to be the cast, like, sitting on around on Zoom, laughing about old jokes. Like, I just, I'm not interested. I'm now, not. here's here's what I actually am interested in as it pertains to the iCarly reunion. The involvement of one Dan Schneider. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not seeing his name in this article. Okay. But I'm very curious about that as well. They're saying that the original series stars Miranda Cosgrove, Jerry Trainer, and Nathan Kress are all set to appear in the new version of Wait, the series. Wait, what about Jeanette McCurdy? They didn't say Jeanette McCurdy. Okay, because Jeanette McCurdy is very vocal online about, you know, kind of the 
traumatizing experiences she had as a child actor um, and as it pertains to certain producers within the network. So um, that's actually crazy that she's not going to be there because she's just honestly after Miranda Cosgrove, she's the most important like and relevant main character. For sure. I also feel like iCarly was so ahead of its time, like girl with a web show. Yeah. And now it's like if there's an iCarly in 2020, like there's a million iCarlys. Like she's an influencer. We are all iCarly. Yeah. She's a YouTuber. She might have a podcast and it's like. Are they really going to delve into the, like, it would be actually be an interesting show if it was a show about, like, an influencer. Yeah, TV has, like, many a time tried to, like, Emily in Paris, like, tried to capture the life of, like, a social media star, and it's never not cringy, and I would actually be really interested to see see it one time, and not iCarly, but just, like, one time it be done correctly, because it actually is, like, especially people who are, like, really successful at their jobs and, like, get amazing opportunities because of their Instagram, like, it's a super interesting life, and if they're one time, like, they were able to capture it correctly, even, like, with Tana's series on MTV, which I didn't watch, but I don't think was very good, um, she is such an interesting life and it became so overproduced like I just one time want to see like a piece of content whether it's unscripted or or scripted like the life of a social media star like done right yeah I totally agree but it's always cringy like be by hashtag be kind like it's just so lame yeah so we'll keep you probably not posted on this news but just always exciting yes Fifth and final story, Claude sent to me some major tech news. Major business. Major tech biz legal news. Time for a little major tech biz legal news. Facebook has been hit with two massive antitrust lawsuits from the FTC, and 46 states are seeking to spin off Instagram and WhatsApp. Basically just saying Facebook owning Instagram and WhatsApp is somehow a monopoly. Yeah, right? that it's too big. So these are antitrust lawsuits, um, one from the Federal Trade Commission and the other one from 48 state attorneys general. Both lawsuits revolve around the company's acquisitions of Instagram in 2012 and WhatsApp in 2014, which at the time got regulatory approved. approval, but have recently come up under heavy scr- scrutiny as people are saying like Facebook is too big. And, and I guess one way to just like make it smaller is to take off away those things. Okay. So here are my thoughts as a consumer and just like someone who operates in the digital space. Like Facebook owning WhatsApp is so irrelevant. Like I just have to say like that is not a not monopoly. My <laughs> not my problem. WhatsApp is a messaging app, but it's not a social media platform. It's an internet. Like it's just... It's so irrelevant to this conversation. The real conversation is like, is Facebook owning Instagram a monopoly? And I just feel like at the time of the sale, someone should have objected. And the fact that they didn't, it's like, I don't know. I, I feel like I believe in the rules. Like they, they got approved. Like they should just be able to stay. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's like annoying for like someone to like let you like do a certain thing and then and, take it, change and your take mind. Backsies. Yeah. Give, yeah. No backsies. <laughs> no backsies, Facebook. Yeah. No, no, no back to FTC. What's actually crazy is that I think if you look into it, like the WhatsApp acquisition is actually a much bigger deal. Really? Than Instagram. Yeah, but just like in our world, we're like, what? Irrelevant. <laughs> Irrelevant. Um, and like Instagram feels so big to us, whereas like Instagram compared to Facebook is actually like kind of small. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's really interesting. I think it, we're at an interesting place in the technology slash government landscape. Mm-hmm. And I, and what happens here will will really determine like how things go for ever forever more wait also though like now that i think about it facebook owning instagram like okay is definitely a conglomerate but i don't think i would consider it a monopoly given like the fact that there are a few other like big social media players like tiktok twitter like it's not like they're the only two apps that are popular google youtube google youtube Right. So why is Google owning YouTube okay, but Facebook owning Instagram is not? I mean, this Great could, but that's fucking what, comparison. But this is what I'm saying. Like, this could be 
you know, something, if, if it's taken away from them, then maybe Google and YouTube could be next. Yeah, that's interesting. It'll be interesting to watch this play out. It I got to go home and turn on MSNBC. And then also it's like, so if Instagram is no longer part of Facebook, like will it go back to just being like a photo sharing app and they'll stop trying to sell us everything and they'll remove oh. shops from the bottom. Oh, like you know what? They just got like so crazy and that's yeah. the Facebook effect. No, you're 100% right. Non-chronological timeline. I don't know her. Uh, Algorithm. Instagram Facebook. shop, even though I love using the feature on our Morning Toast shop. If you're looking for Morning Toast merch, head over to shopmorningtoast.com. Um, hate the feature. Hate. Like every fourth post ad, that's a Facebook feature. Yeah. But I also also feel like Instagram became like a major platform because of Facebook's influence yes. you know and so all the things that annoy us I guess also contributed to its massive success yeah every time they change shit up it's like so annoying for us but it always in the long run it sounds like really big brother like knows what they're doing you know yeah but also we just like probably become accustomed to whatever change it is even if it's not like most beneficial because we're addicted to these platforms right that's like apple like with all their new products like it's so annoying but like in the end it's such I know, a good but product like, that actually feels like technology advancement like they yes. are you know what i mean yes 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 um okay well those were the fast five and i feel like they were quite no, robust and I, you definitely needed to know them you needed to know them i'm not gonna lie some days you really don't need no. to know them but today you did and now let's dive into our TV recap. We had double back-to-back Housewives last night. OC, which is just getting worse and worse. And Salt Lake City, which is just getting better with every minute. And we're going to dive into those recaps after today's sponsor, which is brought to you by Stamps. This holiday season, more people will be mailing stuff than ever before. That means the post office is going to be busy. And you don't have time for that. Stamps.com brings the post office and now UPS shipping right to your computer. Mail and ship anything from the convenience of your home or office. With Stamps.com, anything you can do at the post office, you can do with just a few clicks. Plus, Stamps.com saves you money with deep discounts that you can't even get at the post office. Stamps.com brings the service of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS right to your computer. Stamps.com is a must-have for any business, whether you're a small office sending out invoices, an online seller fulfilling orders, or even a giant warehouse sending out thousands of packages a day. Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. Use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. It's that simple. And like we said, you get great discounts with Stamps.com. So five cents off every first class stamp and up to 40% off priority mail and up to 62% off UPS shipping rates. It's a fraction of the cost of those expensive postage meters. It's a no-brainer saving you time and money. Don't spend a minute of your holiday season at the post office this year. Sign up for Stamps.com instead. There's no risk, and with our promo code TOAST, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in TOAST. That's Stamps.com, enter code TOAST. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Love it. All right, let's go in order. Real Housewives of Orange County, blurry episode, Zoom episode, mm-hmm. everyone coming for Elizabeth Vargas's throat, and I'm just like not fucking here for it. Everyone on this show has lied more than anyone else, and now we're just like, dis- like and lit- complained and been divorced and and took years to get to the get other side. It. And honestly, I'm, I just like. I, I couldn't believe that Bronwyn stooped as low as she did as to look up someone's financial records. Like, you're, like she's just trying to be like Megan King Edmonds, who was like a, the PI of the Real Houses of Orange County. And she was annoying when she did it, Megan King Edmonds, but she was always right. And also she, she came with some big stuff. Like to come with the fact that Elizabeth's house is on Airbnb or Verbo, like. Who, like that's so judgmental of you, especially when like you're, you're all renting your house. Right, right. You're all renting. So like, let's just. You are the Airbnb customer. Oh, it's a pot calling the kettle black. Yeah. So I'm just like, it's like there's really nothing going on this season. And I think the w- women are 
like worried about being boring so they're just like coming for elizabeth vargas and like yes she's been a little inconsistent in like her map but she doesn't owe these women anything and i just feel like they're all just accusing her of being this like evil person just for being like slightly inconsistent in her retelling of history as it pertains to her marriage when just like all these women have done so much worse to each other and i'm just i'm not here for like this yeah and honestly the only people who are really i feel like protecting Elizabeth Vargas is obviously Kelly because they're friends. But then weirdly Gina, like at the last minute, like turning around, not going to Kelly's house and then telling Elizabeth what Bronwyn did. I yeah, actually really Emily, appreciated that. Emily also, she told um, Elizabeth what Bronwyn did. Yeah. It was, it's just Shannon and, and Bronwyn. Yeah. So a few things about the episode. First of all, you can really tell that all of the housewives are produced by different production companies because of the way that they're handling COVID. quarantine filming. And like OC put so much emphasis on like day 10, day 20. It was like the worst possible thing that we could have watched. Like I what also, we've been saying this whole time that we did not want to see. Okay, but I also think that they, um, of all the shows on Bravo, they were... The worst timing. The worst timing yeah. in terms of like being in the midst of filming and then having to go out for three months. Yes. I, so. I, I agree with that. Um, but they spent the whole episode with like Zoom stuff. Ugh. And so as it pertains to Elizabeth, so I didn't wind up watching last week. And so like my OCD is flaring up, but I'm going to go off of what I saw last night because I agree with you. I think they're being so hard on her and like not giving her like five minutes to, of process, grace. to process her divorce when like Shannon took five seasons. Uh-huh. Gina? Gina's still processing it. It's so hypocritical. So hypocritical. And I think But Gina that, did apologize, which I think Gina like saw her own hypocrisy. Yeah. And did apologize over the Zoom and I forgive her. And I, and I can move on from it. I think that Bronwyn, one, bringing up those financial records and also like now that she's had like a few good weeks is like being like, well, like she's being an asshole. Judgmental. Like, she was like on my first season I was lying like she thinks that she's like godly now that she can like see just who she was for right. the last year and it's like that's really great that you're in that place but to turn around and like use it against someone else is actually the worst and meanest thing you could do 100% and you know what I'm really struggling with how to feel about Bronwyn because so much of what I feel like she's putting out is like so authentic and I really appreciate her transparency in in her journey but I do feel like she's being a little too honest and like when she shared that she has physically assaulted her husband like like that's just like not okay and like that's definitely something you should keep to yourself yeah I agree I I appreciate her being honest in front of the cameras I think that like when you come on the show it's like the one requirement and she is giving us so much but I also feel like there are so many things it's like even I mean just sharing that detail that she had physically assaulted her husband on, of, multiple, on occasions. multiple occasions and then just moving on from that yeah it just it I didn't know how to feel about it yeah and then also like her going into the closet and talking about how she feels trapped in her marriage like and tra- like and just it it's a little too honest so, yeah it's like it's not the Bronwyn and Sean reality family show yeah. and so like to go from the those moments to like back to the girls and then Bronwyn's going and and like casting judgment on Elizabeth's life I'm like this there's a lot it's a lot I agree and you know what I actually don't think it's funny when like grown women don't know how to do laundry I actually think it's like one of the like least funny most annoying things and it's like Bronwyn you're 45 years old and you have seven kids and you don't know how to do laundry like that's not funny tv content that's actually just embarrassing yeah and it's like it's just not funny like I don't think shit like that's funny grown women or men yeah oh sorry yes I don't mean to no I didn't think that you were the laundry machine is a very simple simple machine no and it's like you literally need it to live so I don't know how anyone could go 45 years without knowing how to at least do one load okay I understand you're not doing laundry every week you have a housekeeper that is so acceptable but like to not literally know how to use the machine she was definitely like trying to be funny I I didn't believe that she didn't know is it a heavy loader low load like that was just so stupid I hate shit like that no in in the one episode that I missed like my feelings on 
on Bronwyn have started to really change. And I don't know if it would have been like less of a drastic shift if I watched last week's episode, but I just, I was so, I, she's been so open and honest and I and think it's that admirable. That's, and it's so admirable. But then to use those learnings and to use them against someone else, I just think that it's mean. And that's not real growth. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, also, I found it, I didn't like, she was also being really judgmental to Kelly. So Kelly is like running around town. This is the beginning oh, of COVID. Yeah. Flying to New York. And you would think, okay, Bronwyn's going to judge Kelly. What are you going to judge Kelly on? Like maybe not taking the, the pandemic seriously, like flying in the middle of a lockdown. No, she's judging Kelly for leaving her kid at home. No, not at home with her father while she's with Rick. And it's like, actually, no, Bronwyn, I, I don't agree with you on that. First of all, the kid has two parents and that's like when people give Amanda Stanton shit like for like traveling. It's like, no, the kid has a parent, like another yeah, parent. Yeah, and the kid would be with that parent and then Kelly would be alone. So she has these two, she had one week to herself. What is she going to do? She's going to be with her man. Yeah. So it's just like, who's Bron- also alone? Bronwyn like just being so judgmental. I've never leave my kids at home alone. And then I love like seeing people on Twitter like, Bronwyn said, I would never leave my kids, kids at home. No, she said, I would never leave my kids in the middle of a global pandemic. Right. And cut to, like, if you look at her Instagram, she's been, like, all, she went to Salt Lake City. She went to New York. Like She went she, to D.C. She's been with, like, Housewives from every franchise over the last eight months, which I've actually seen and I thought was interesting and strange, but it's even stranger coupled with the judgment that she cast on Kelly for traveling. Yeah. Now, on a lighter note, um... I do think that the pandemic and quarantine is so good for Gina because her extensions are out. Yeah. And her hair is just like not getting blown out, no heat, no bleach, and it's really letting it grow. Because then in her testimonial, she's um, not wearing extensions. It looks like her hair has grown a little bit and it looks very healthy. And I just want to say I'm very excited about the prospect of Gina's hair, you know, know, having a good day. But I'm nervous because I saw a comment on Instagram where she said that her hair, like, get brace yourself because her hair is going to get worse this season oh, no. it was from a few weeks ago and so I feel like maybe when the salons open back up she yeah. gets a little too excited yeah that's and bad I'm nervous that's bad but that's... I agree with you like seeing her short hair like there's nothing you could do for your hair that's better than just leaving chopping it, it off and just not touching it like yeah. no heat and no no coloring and I just I think this is very exciting I think it could be very good for her yeah also oh sh- sorry you go Shannon yeah um, like having that like meeting like first day back and we're just gonna like come in with all the things people have been DMing us about Elizabeth over yeah. the last three months also her being like I have PIs like no you have people who are sending you Instagram DMs like, yeah it's let's not, not it's not that impressive also I do feel really bad for Shannon because she's taking the virus so seriously because she's immunocompromised but I also feel like she's um really like uh panicky in the sense that, like she's like, her kids look up to her. She has so many people in her house. And I feel like she's, like, making everyone scared. Like, I, do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. What's the word I'm looking for? Like, where you're just, Hypochondriac? like... Hypochondriac? No, but it's, like, you're inducing... Like, where you're... Uh, like, a mom is supposed to calm everyone down. And she's, like, making everyone so nuts. Yeah, like, almost, like, not instigating, but, like... Like, inciting fear. Like, yes. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And I understand... And, like, on the phone, just, like, screaming, crying. It's, like, I understand that it's scary and that you have some more to lose. And you're... And I totally get that. But... She worries me. No, I agree. And I understand she was in her home and she had these very strict rules. And I think that's very fair. But like when her daughter tested positive and she's on the phone, like hyperventilating, screaming, crying to Kelly and almost like mad at her child, like for getting sick. Well, her kids were being irresponsible running out of the house when they when they have a mom who's very at, at risk and you're running to a party like in the middle. Like that wasn't cool. Yeah, no, it wasn't cool, but, like, that's just the way that she was handling it. And also, like, when they flash back to all of the other times where she's overreacted yes. about stuff. Oh, my left eye is <laughs> It just, it's like, calm down, Shannon. She was really being a Karen. Like, yes. she is the Karen. Yeah, no, and 
I thought that way. I felt that way about like her at Costco. She's yeah, just, that's what you said last week, and I totally saw just the way that she like her. She's energy. on such high alert, and, and and by the way, and that's not to say like what's going on isn't scary. It to, and especially at in March, it was very scary, especially for someone with a lung problem. I just feel like you know, as like the leader of her household, she really just needs to like take it easy. Yeah, she's that's like not a way to live is to like be so panicked, living and, in fear, and make everyone else so panicked too. Yes. Um. Also, just Emily just remains the queen of my heart and soul. Watching her and Shane, like, have a great few months together was so nice. And I really think they're so cute. It's just so funny because it really shows, like, how reality TV editing can make it look one way or the other. Because it's like, we're now at two extremes. One where it was like, this marriage isn't going to last. And now it's like, they're so cute. He's vacuuming, you know? Yeah, yeah. I actually just really like them. And I feel like they've, editing has, like, left him alone this season. And, like, he just doesn't really get involved. Um, And I think it's really good for their marriage. And I'm just like, I'm so happy, happy for Emily. Yes, I agree. Um, So other than that, I was just like, having PTSD I was having so much PTSD also from like the different stages of like information that we knew like even when Kelly was in Times Square and obviously she's not wearing a mask but that was because that was a time when like you were encouraged not to wear masks when the women met up in the park and I'm like girls put your masks on but it was literally like April and that was when there was like a shortage of masks and if you were wearing one that was like a huge faux pas you were taking one away from someone who needed it more than you so like just watching how our culture culture and like the information that we have has changed over time it was just like it was definitely bringing back to a dark place not gonna lie yeah it was very dark and I'm just really looking forward to like them being out of quarantine and like yeah Lake Arrow let's go to Lake Arrow Lake Arrow looks great can't wait now let's just transition to like the literal premiere franchise like the diamond in Bravo's portfolio Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which last night, again, didn't disappoint. Never does. Never could. Love the women so much. The luncheon, we picked up part two of the luncheon. And things definitely got weird. I, at first, was really on Mary's side. Um, and now I've completely turned on Mary. Literally, that's the thing about Salt Lake City. It's like, in the beginning, I was so unclear on who I like. And now most of I've settled in on who I like. But, but Mary still, no, and Jen, that's, that's I just... The thing about a new franchise, like, we're still not cemented in our feelings about people. And I agree. I was on Mary's side and then she couldn't, she couldn't accept. And maybe there were things that we didn't see at the table. Cause I was watching watch what happens live with Lisa and Meredith. And obviously I think there was way more conversation, but like part of being like, right is accepting an apology and but moving see, on. But no, but see, I, I was with Mary until a certain point because Mary didn't get an apology. Meredith yes. did. Yes. Yes. So yes, it's yes. like, all Jen, I could tell, like, Mary was annoyed. It's like, you're going to have this kumbaya moment and not even acknowledge me and not even give me an apology. And this is my luncheon yes, and I just yes, gave you a right. ton. So it's like, I understood. But then she just took it to a place that was uh, unacceptable. Right. And so the lunch went sideways and yeah. I don't think it accomplished what, I think it started out really nice and it didn't accomplish what it set out to. But I, what I was saying about opinions changing about people, like, I'm on this journey with Lisa. Yeah. Because when I watched the first episode, I was like, I think she's going to be one of my favorites. And then I saw her on Watch What Happens Live, and I'm like, no, she wants this too bad. Yeah. But then in the last few episodes, like, her crying with Meredith. Agreed. And her, like, just talking, like, in some of the conversations with her husband, I'm like, there's something really sweet and endearing about her, and I feel like she's a good friend. But then also, I don't like the way that she treats Whitney or Heather. Yeah, and and she's definitely, like, a little bit of a thirst monster with her emphasis on on Sundance. Right. And so, like, I was feeling really conflicted, but I was starting to feel like, you know what, I want to... Make this work. I want to make it work. And so her and Meredith were on Watch What Happens Live. And so I was like, I want to watch her on Watch What Happens Live. Maybe it will undo the opinion of the last Watch What Happens Live. And she, like, first of all, the two of them, like, looked amazing. They were so cute. Meredith cut her hair, so now it's, like, way easier to tell them apart. Meredith did amazing on Watch What Happens Live. I just want to say, like, Andy 
had really only questions for her. And like, she just explained everything so like it, concisely because obviously she doesn't have like an infinite amount of time and just has an answer for everything. And I just was really impressed by her. I watched and the first 10 minutes and I agree. Meredith is a queen. Lisa was being a cutie and I was just like, okay. And she seemed a little nervous. So I was like, okay, cute, cute. And then cute, Andy cute. asked them, has your life how has life changed for you since joining the show? Like, are, is it different in Salt Lake City now? Like, right. what is it like in the town? And they were both, like, silent for a second. And Lisa was like, I don't think it's really changed that much. But I love being on the show. And it was, like, so... What? It was That's so a weird, weird question. It was so weird. Why not acknowledge? I'm sure, like, she was, Salt Lake City is turned upside down by yeah, this. She was like, I'm so happy to be on the show. And it was, like, the exact thing that I've been worried about with her. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I feel don't, that. I felt like Andy felt it, too. I yeah. swear. No, Andy is, like... Andy, probably more than anyone, gets inundated with, like, thirst monster generals at right... I, I he swear, turns a corner. I think he had a moment where he was like... Um, what have we done? What have we done? Yeah. And then Meredith answered, and she was like, yeah, no, I'm definitely way busier. This is, like, a full-time job and a half. And um, people, Everyone knows who we people are. come up to us and recognize us. And so she was just, like, honest. And it just, like, it was a glimpse that I just could have lived Like, without. to not acknowledge that, like, you were nobody before is, like, that's worrisome. Yeah, and so... You should watch it just because yeah. it's just like a weird thing. And I really, I do want to, I'm liking her on the show. So I'm just going to yeah. try and go by that. And I feel and like she's watch just what so cute like, and pretty. Like yeah. what's not to like? And I, but I do need her to come around to Whitney and Heather because I'm yeah. just obsessed with them. I think Whitney is That's like. That's the crew. So cute. Next week, Lala, Ken, and Katie Maloney show up. Oh my God, up. yes. And what? Lala and Whitney, I guess, are friends from Utah life because oh. Lala's 28, 29. And, and Whitney's 30. 30. So I'm so excited for that. By the way, in another life, I know we keep saying we could see um, that we could see Lala on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. We could also see her now on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Yeah. Wait, that's so interesting. When they showed the preview, I was shook. I'm so excited. And it does feel like Sundance, like Lisa's going to be annoying. annoying. Yeah. But maybe we'll see her in her element and we'll feel differently. Um, Jerry's still out for me on all of the women. Because again, like my opinion really did change on the drama between Mary and Jen last night. Yeah, because the 7-Eleven comment was so bizarre. Yeah. Um, and honestly, Jen Shaw's husband, like everyone needs a husband like Jen Shaw. Like someone who just fucking grounds you and like is so like ethical and in like he talks to her like probably how he talks to his like college team. team like just trying to like put them on like the the right path and I don't know I feel like everyone needs someone like that in their corner and I feel like she actually has a really good marriage um ain't it good to be the coach ain't it ain't it good to be the, the coach? coach um That's yes literally that energy like she yes. is um Connie Britton Connie Britton and he's coach Taylor yeah and he's just like spitting truth but I do have to say like Mary, I was really turned off on her, especially by the 7-Eleven comment. And just, like, her general unwillingness to, like, stay in a conversation. Do you know what I mean? She's, like, kind of messy and all over the place. Um, but when she sat down for dinner or drinks with Heather and started talking about, like, why the comment about grandmother fucker, grandfather fucker was, like, so hurtful and she started to cry. Like, I really, like, I feel like there's a lot we don't know. And, like, even just her, her like, saying on TV, like, when I had to marry my grandfather, like, I really didn't want to like yeah. making it seem like obviously I don't think that this is normal but it's my life and just like respect it yeah I actually felt really bad and for it's her also, it's not like she married her grandpa last year like it has been 20 years of, they have kids of grandpa loving yeah and so just step grandpa loving yeah so let it go one but two I also feel like and maybe we missed this but Mary should have brought that energy to her luncheon where she asked everyone to be, to be honest. open and she could have said to Jen like instead of waiting for the apology she could have said to Jen this is why it hurt me you said this about me and by the way Jen said it to about her not to her so maybe in Jen's mind she doesn't know that Mary heard it maybe so if Mary came to her and said 
I heard that you said I'm a grandfather fucker. And I just want to tell you why that hurts me so much. Here is my story. Right. Maybe they could have seen yeah. each other. Like everyone showed up to the luncheon and Mary told everyone to be open and honest and Mary just showed up defensive and that's just not a good combination and that's why it was so toxic. Yeah. Or maybe like they hadn't gotten to Mary yet because it felt like they were starting at the other end of the table. Like they didn't they, get to anyone. They started with Jen. No, they had Lisa who was like talking about her like um, her all of her success and then Heather was talking about something and then Jen and oh. that's where last week's episode ended. I want to talk about Heather for a second. Okay. I actually feel like Heather is like such a good mom and and I really appreciated her refreshing take on like religion and motherhood, like just letting the kids are now like old enough to make their own decisions and like letting them guide the way, like not forcing them to go to church, not forcing them not to go to church. She's like, you want to go? I'll go with you. But you don't want to go? We don't have to go. I just felt like that was very refreshing. I really yeah. appreciated seeing that. And when her kids were like worried about what people would say, like when they do eventually show up and she was like, well, that's not a reason to go or not to go. Like right. go because it's what's in your heart or don't. Her younger daughter was funny as fuck. Like yeah. she, she's a character. She's honestly like, I feel like, even though I love her so much, Meredith's son, like, is so thirsty. And I feel like he comes on the show and, like, wants to be memed. Whereas, like, Heather's daughter just, like, accidentally was the star of last night's episode. And Brooks is, like, quaking in his house. Like, he's so angry, you know? I totally agree. And next week with the fashion show, like, I'm Ugh. sorry. Anytime there's a Real Housewives season one fashion show. It's not good. It's not good. But it's also a rite of passage. Like, it's, if, it, if you're not at, like, some janky, you know, studio space with, like, a fake stage making the first ever Salt Lake City Fashion Week. Like, that's not a real franchise. So I do feel like it will be cringy, but it is truly a rite of passage. I I agree. But I, I totally agree that Brooks is thirsty. He's annoying me now. At first I thought he was funny. Now he's annoying me. And that's what I'm saying. Especially after seeing Jen Shaw in episode one, wearing his designs and supporting him. And now he's like a housewife. Like, he's talking shit. She's fucking wearing your clothes. And she wears the best. Like, Chanel, everything. A hundred percent. That Have was disrespectful. Also, Mary's outfit to dinner with Heather. Mary's Seven. outfits are all over the place, but... But this is what actually Lisa said on Watch What Happens Live, because... Um, she has Aunt, great pieces. She has great pieces, which yeah. she very much does. Yes, I agree. Um, okay, well, that's all we got for you. Anything you want to say before we wrap up? No, Redhead's episode is out now, so if you are RDH that this episode is ending, head over to the Redhead's Book Club. We have a great episode, and you never know, it might inspire you to read. I've been getting so many messages about people who have read so much this year due to the Redhead's, mm -hmm. and we just... We love to see it. There are also new episodes of all of our TNN shows. Mood with Lauren Elizabeth, The Snatchler, if you're looking for some Bachelor recap. Speaking of The Bachelor, we have Raven and Alexis's ep uh, podcast and Marco Joseph's. So check out all of the podcasts at Toast News, to Toast News Network on our Instagram. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Morning Toast, the Millennial Morning Show, where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching us on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe. Give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, IR Radio, Castbox, all the places where we listen to podcasts. Find us. The Morning Toast, leave a five-star review about it. Beautiful. Stunning and smart we are. We hope you have an amazing day. We'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.